and welcome to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We appreciate you being with us again. We had a great conversation with Tom Ganner last week, and we had to bring him back because we had some other things we wanted to discuss with him. Tom Ganner, of course, is the managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential. It's the daily news site of the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. Tom has just a boatload of journalism experience here in the state of Michigan, and we just wanted to get him back. Tom, how are you, my friend? Good to talk to you again. Very good. Thank you for having me. All right, Tom. Well, let's just dive right into it. You and I were talking about something I know that you really have studied and written about before. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that in depth today. And that was about the foundations that fund news. And there's two sides of the story. I always hear about the big money guys that are supplying money to the liberal or the socialist supporting news entities, if you will. But I think it goes both ways. And I just want to ask you about that and get out of the way and go. Yeah, I think as the old guard media has struggled financially with a new business model, what's kind of stepped in and took it over is uh, the nonprofit type of journalism. And, you know, just in Michigan alone, my website, Michigan Capital Confidential, is a nonprofit. When we started since then, uh, Bridge Michigan has started a nonprofit. Uh, Bridge Michigan's also started Bridge Detroit, which is a nonprofit. There's also Michigan Advance, which is uh, run by uh, M Live columnist Susan Demas, or former M Live columnist Susan Demas. Chalkbeat Detroit, uh, which is a subsidiary of uh, the Chalkbeat uh, National Organization out of New York. And all of these are funded by, I guess, what you call uh, center-left uh, foundations, the Knight Foundation, the Joyce Foundation, uh, Kresge Foundation, uh, the Ralph C. Wilson Foundation. Uh, and also now what, what we're starting to see is uh, big tech is starting to fund websites. Uh, so uh, Bridge Detroit's funded by the uh, Facebook Journalism Project and the Google News Initiative. and. Uh, you know, Michigan Advance is funded by the Google News Initiative. So what we're starting to see is kind of, you know, the death of the traditional newspapers and the upstart of these news sites that are uh, funded by numerous um, foundations. So, Tom, the news that a lot of us are looking for, a uh, particular story with no slant, we want the facts, we want the good, we want the bad, we want to know what the repercussions are. We want to hear all sides of every story. Is that journalism dead? Hard to find. I think just about every site that I see has a perspective, whether they admit it or not. So uh, if, you know, like the Detroit Free Press, uh, does it have a perspective? Yes. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody that doubts that the Free Press has a, a liberal perspective. But, um, you know, they're not a nonprofit. So, you know, I think it's harder and harder to find that completely, you know, balanced. You and I talk that folks are just slanted toward news entities that regurgitate what they believe. When did that start? And it just seems like it's really reaching ahead now. You know, I have a lot of liberal friends because I've been in the news industry. And uh, one of the things that I see that is you know, conservatives uh, read the New York Times and the Washington Post, but they also read their own brand of media. 
you know, the what I call the underground conservative type uh, stuff. Uh, I really find a lot of my liberal friends don't know some of the things that my conservative friends know because they're not made aware of it. You know, like uh, I have friends who don't know who Iris Lerner is of the IRS. And, you know, it's it's tough to, to meet a conservative who doesn't know who she is. I think that's what I see is and I think, you know, people think uh, that when you read the New York Times or MLive or the Detroit Free Press that you're getting the whole story. I don't think that's true anymore. You know, I think you're getting what they want you to know. When it comes to and and I want to attack this question from two sides, one side when it comes to for profit organizations that are trying to make money and they have a slant. What makes them have whatever slant they have? What are they motivated by? What drives that? You know, I think it's more of the activism, the want to uh, do what they think is right. You know, I think we see that with the coverage of vaccines, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you, you could read the Detroit Free Press and they've made an all out press to, you know, get out what they think is the importance of getting the vaccine. They do that because they think that's the right thing to do. So that's their moral you know, judgment on what they want to do. So therefore, that's how they proceed. And I think that's true in most news sites that act is that, you know, there's a big dispute on climate change. You know, and the people who take their views believe in what they're doing and report it in that fashion because they believe that. The nonprofits where they are subsidized by, you mentioned the Googles and the Facebooks and the folks like George Soros. Well, why are they doing what they're doing? What's their motivation? The foundations, if you, let's say you look at the Skillman Foundation, okay, which is funding uh, Chalkbeat Detroit, and they funded Michigan Radio too. Uh, I think it's their worldview. That's what it is. They're funding news sites and they're giving money to news sites to organizations that share their worldview and will get the news and report with that perspective. That's, you know, what do they get out of it is they get their perspective out with uh, friendly media. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Tom Ganner. When we come back, we're going to dive more into the media and their persuasive ways here in our own state. Again, I'm Tony Conley, and this is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. For something to grow, It takes time, like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit, because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. And welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Tom Gannert, who is the managing editor for the Michigan Capital Confidential, which is the news site for the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. And we're talking about the media and how the media somewhat dictates what you and I see and hear and read. Folks with the money like George Soros, and he seems to be at the forefront, although I know he tries to stay in the background. What's his motivation? I think it's the same motivation as any of the organizations that give money. 
I mean, I don't think Soros's motivation is any different than the Kresge Foundation or DT Energy or the Ford Foundation or the Kellogg Foundation that give money. They want to have influence and they think the way to have influence is to control the news as much as they can. Or in this instance, I don't think that necessarily reporters who are funded by Ford Foundation are writing, you know, are thinking, hey, I want to do this because Ford is, you know, this is what Ford wants. I think it's just a natural conclusion because they have the shared values of both groups. You brought up a point that I've been sitting on this, thinking about this for since the last time we talked. And you mentioned that you thought from your perspective that liberals believe the media and that conservatives do not believe the media. Elaborate on that, if you will. I think the easiest way to see that is if you go on MLive on their Facebook posts and look when they post something political and just read the comments. You know, they're flooded by negative comments from readers. Then you get some sporadic. I think we've come to a point right now where there's some media in this country that people are simply not going to believe. And, you know, in this instance, CNN is a good example. But uh, locally, I think that, you know, a lot of my conservative friends that when they read something in the Detroit Free Press are going to question it. You know, I'll give you a story. I have a female friend who's uh, very, very liberal, very liberal. And uh, she sent me a text message about Bridge, Michigan. And it was, hey, look, it's the liberal version of your uh, Michigan Capital Confidential. It's the first time she ever saw it. Now, you know, Bridge, Michigan would not like to admit that it's a liberal news site, but the reality is people know what they're reading. And Tom, I want to talk to you a little bit now about who can we trust here in the state from your perspective, who gives the best, the fullest coverage of the news? You know, I think they all do reporting that's accurate to a certain extent. The question is, what are they putting in? What are they not putting in? And what are they, for lack of a better word, burying, you know, like a perspective that they might not agree with that gets the very end of this. So to me, if you're if you're looking for what do you look for in a news site to trust uh, links to the actual data would be a good one. You know, if you're talking about a budget story, are they linking to the actual budget? They should. Uh, here's another thing. Uh, if you're going to do a story on a bill link to the bill, um, you know, so that you. Uh, can read the bill for yourself and see what's in it. Um, so those are the signs I look for. You know, what's a troubling sign for me? Quoting officials, healthcare officials, school officials who make a claim. So you have a claim that uh, teachers are, you know, been having a pay freeze for five years because a union official said that. That's something I would automatically question, you know, and the data is out there to find it. Go look at the salaries. You know, the Mackinac Center publishes the salaries of teacher salaries uh, every year. And I'm not going to, uh, just for the sake of trying to be fair, I'm not going to drop names. Uh, but I'll tell you, in some of the information that I've read from some union heads, it blows my mind that it's out and out misinformation. And that's the new adjective that we all are supposed to embrace. To me, after studying this, they're lies. And they're embraced as truth. And I wonder how we get around that, because only you and I are crazy enough to maybe read Fox News and the Wall Street Journal, as well as the Washington Post and the New York Times. I mean, a lot of folks don't have time for that anymore. So, you know, how do we do? How do we get around that? Um, you know, get around in the terms of 
you know, you mentioned that you, you look for all these, you know, is the information linked to a bill? You know, uh, is the length of the story? Does it have several different quotes? Well, for people who don't have the time to do that, how do we encourage them either to do that or to find entities that can give them more of the true story? Yeah, I, you know, that's a tough question because we spend a lot of, I spend a lot of my time, our news site spends a lot of the time adding perspective to stories that we're lacking. You know, if a teacher says that, hey, I have to work three jobs to, to make ends meet, we'll put in that that teacher is making $84,000. You know, uh, that's an important fact to have in the story. There is no good answer to that because when you read something on face value nowadays, you have to have the perspective to challenge it you know, about, you know, is this accurate? So that when a union official says that there's teachers living on food stamps, go look and see how much that is and go look what the average teacher salary is and figure out, you know, what would have to happen for a teacher to actually have to live on food stamps. It's pretty rare, very rare. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Tom Gannert. When we come back, we're going to dive more into the media and their persuasive ways Again, I'm Tony Conley, and this is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. Welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Tom Ganner, who is the managing editor for the Michigan Capital Confidential, which is the news site for the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. And we're talking about the media and how the media somewhat dictates what you and I see and hear and read. You know, Tom, I'm trying to redefine my role and find my niche as I kind of re-enter this journalistic world that we're in. And it seems like I'm trying to find a way to get people to sit down and have discussions and find uh, common ground. As you know, probably as much as anyone, the way we can uh, discuss our differences is to find out what we have in common. And that'll surprise us and allow us to sit down and have a cup of coffee and a beer and a conversation and to find common ground. But to get liberals, if you will, and socialist believing folks, if you will, and conservatives to sit down and look, we're not going to all get our way, but can't we just, you know, figure out how to get back to that? How can we do that? You know, I've tried to have those conversations in some aspect, and it's very hard to do. Uh, because uh, what you're talking about is what people emotionally believe in, and they cling to that. And uh, they do not want to give it up, and they don't want to look at the other perspective. 
just go on our website and you can see the people that we have that I call trolls that argue about everything we post. And that's the situation that is uh, going on right now, I think, is that you have people who are just setting their beliefs and uh, not really interested in knowing what the other side thinks. Do you think that's a phase that we're going through and uh, we'll climb out of that? Maybe our kids will figure out that that's not the best way to you know, try to live and try to conduct business and social lives in the world we live in or Am I just, you know, <laughs> living in a utopian dream world here? Well, you know, we talk about liberals. I see conservatives doing things in the same vein. You know, like uh, I get so many text messages from friends that are conservative asking me, is this true? Did more people die from the COVID vaccine than from the actual disease? And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, but they have a website that they found. It's an obscure website. And that's what it says. And that's what they want to believe. So they've searched out for this and found it. So it's a problem on both sides. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer for that because uh, I've had discussions with some of my, some of my closest friends are, are very far left liberals. And, uh, you know, they do not want to hear the other side of the story. And, you know, I, I just had a discussion about uh, transgender sports and girls, uh, boys that play girls sports. And, you know, you can't even get an agreement on the unfairness of that, you know, whatever, you know, transgender uh, issues there are. To me, that's not even a transgender issue. You have a male playing in a girl sport. He's going to dominate. And you can't get a discussion on that with a lot of my friends. So I don't know. You know, that's discouraging to me. So I don't know, you know, where to go from there. And Tom, you, you know, that's an interesting point you bring up from the perspective of you know, trying to figure out a way how to allow people to live how they want to live, yet be fair. And I guess I grew up, I was raised by a single parent, by my mom. I'm very aware of women's rights and women's issues and what they fought for and, and whatnot. And it seems like, you know, Title IX and women are just getting buried now. No one cares. Well, and yeah, that's one of the things, but I mean, also look at some of the things that uh, we're starting to report on for the first time, like critical race theory. Um, you know, there's this blurry definition of what it is. It's very hard to define and people define it the way they want to, you know, and there is no one definition of critical race theory, but it's discussed in a manner where everybody has their opinion on it. And it's hard to come to a conclusion on that when everybody has a differing view of what critical race theory is. And also, there's a lot of people that aren't honest about what they really want with critical race theory. You know, Tom, I, and I can't remember who to quote, who to give credit for, but I recently read something that talked about, you know, what well, we almost have to embrace how we're living now and this division because this is America. This is Americana. It seems kind of radical now, but we still are somewhat free and we just have to figure out a way how to embrace where we are while we try to find solutions that make everyone able to feel like they have a say in how they live. Yeah, You know, I agree, but also I think that what we're having right now lacks solutions. You know, we're just arguing uh, and we're not actually pinpointing some of the problems. And um you know, you know, I have views on that too, but it's like, 
I see, you know, especially with the race issues, I see a kind of a cottage industry growing where there's a bunch of people making a ton of money, you know, addressing things that don't address the real problem. And that is, you know, how do we solve racism in this country? You know, mm-hmm. how do we, I think everybody agrees we want to end racism in this country. Mm-hmm. And yet there's some, you know, disharmony uh, over something that, and it's hard, most 95% of Americans agree with. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's interesting. And it, you know, I think the word racism maybe has been taken out of context because of my, from my perspective, I don't think we're a racist country. I think we're prejudiced. I think people are prejudiced. And I think that that leads to their line of thinking. And we need to discuss and think about that more. That's something I did a lot in college with a lot of organizations and a lot of dialogue. But I would talk with folks uh, about this. I can remember being in a uh, forum at Lansing Community College some years ago. And it was interesting to kind of sit back because it was actually a conversation about how dark-complected African-Americans felt dissed, if you will, and that light-complected African-Americans had it better. And it just seems like these type of arguments have kind of come back to the forefront, and we still aren't really coming up with, as you said, solutions on how to make people feel better about the situations they're in. And, you know, you know, it's a challenge. Yeah, I guess that's what I would like to see more of is solutions uh, as opposed to finger pointing. Which brings us back to the media. Again, you know, I'll let you have the last word here. What can we in the media do to fostering an environment of solutions? You know, to get to the solutions of a problem, you have to address what the actual problem is. Uh, So I think a lot of it comes down to uh, figuring out how to agree on what the initial problem is, you know, and so when you look at things like school funding and stuff like that, we can't even agree on school funding, you know, uh, you know, what's good. And we don't trust the data that comes out. That's another problem. So, I mean, there's a trust issue here at stake that has to be addressed, um, you know, before we get to the point of trying to get to solutions. Do you see that being addressed? No, not right now. Do you have hope? I don't know. You know, that's a tough question. I, you know, I, I see getting worse in some aspects, so it's tough, but, um, you know, I'm not really sure where it's heading, but, you know, there's a lot of bias in what's in studies that are produced. And, you know, so many times it's just dueling studies, you know what I mean? Where people, you know, debate over what study they want to believe. So no, I don't, right now, I don't have much hope of it changing soon. We've been talking with Tom Ganner, who's the managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential. It's the daily news site of the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. Uh, Tom, I appreciate you greatly. Thank you. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. 